cause we faint not, but though our outward man perish, yet so the inward man is renewed. Now, the challenge the Church of Jesus Christ has, like I said, we're busy tweeting, texting, Facebooking, doing all of this, and the inward man is dying. So we're aging both ways. But the word of God says you should be aging physically, but the man on the inside should be getting younger every day. In that text is the mystery of creation. I told you that we get old by decree. God shortened our life. Otherwise, the human body is designed to live forever. What he withheld from us, he will renew when we get a resurrected body. So now, watch. So I'm getting older physically, but if I'm putting the word of God in my spirit and obeying the Holy Spirit, he says, I will be getting younger. This one is going south. This one is going north. That's why some people are 35. <coughs> they're 35 physically and they're 70 inwardly. Amen. They're so broken, yeah. so weak. But it says the process should be I'm aging physically, but I'm getting younger in the inward man. He says, this should be a daily exercise of intaking the word of God, intaking the glory, and getting younger. Hallelujah. That's why Caleb said to Joshua, remember now, you and I were together. We are the two that passed the test, and you got in yours, and Moses made these decrees concerning you and I. You got in yours, and I haven't gotten into mine. He said, now give me my inheritance at 80. He was a smart 80-year-old man. He said, give me this mountain. That's what God promised me. And then when the mountain was given to him, he looked around. He said, which one of you young men want to marry my daughter? <laughs> uh, one of his uh, brother's sons jumped up. He said, okay, good. Go conquer them, and then I'll give you my daughter. <laughs> it wasn't about to go up there to fight nobody. <laughs> he went conquered the people, said, good, all right, here she is. But you notice, if he was broken within, he wouldn't even, he would even be saying, you know, all you people kept me in the wilderness, I passed my test, this is so unfair. Don't you see why we all need to pass our test? So you won't be slowing us down. 
If you go to most churches, you see a church in the wilderness. Nobody's passing anything. And we're busy in strife and gossiping and making noise. And everybody goes around, around, around until they all start dying out. You just go from one funeral to the other. And when you come in the church, there's a chill. There's no life. There's no fire. That's a church in the wilderness. But when the church is vibrant, you know that the people are in touch with God. They're passing their tests. God is confirming. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Okay, I always have to remember this is a short thing. All right. Here's your favorite. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment. These things are written by the Holy Ghost because the person even writing them don't believe it. <laughs> He said, our afflictions are light. Have you ever seen anyone that agrees that the affliction is light or that it is for a moment? Hmm. Hallelujah. It's like seeing me 17 years and then finally I, I got healed and you look at me and say, well, oh, that was just for a minute, you know, just this light thing. Yeah. I, I haven't heard taking the wrong. I will start throwing punches. tell you to keep your sermon to yourself. <laughs> However, they are not written from the human perspective. That's from a God perspective. Why does he say that my trial is but a moment? He even tells you that your life, the entire span of your life, is a flower that passes away. The next part of the verse helps you understand what the mystery is all about. God is saying, yes, you may have gone through these things, but if you see the glory purchased for you, Amen. it's an eternal weight. Yes. Come on, you live to be 99, 100, and you purchase something that lasts forever. That even your hundred is, that's about it. Because he says, a thousand years. That's why I keep encouraging you, don't get rebellious because God has all the time on his hands. Amen. If a thousand years is like one day. If you put yourself in those places, he might forget that. <laughs> oh. She's still there. All right, go help her out. Yeah, 50 years has gone by. <laughs> you, don't, you don't want that to happen. You don't want that to happen. Think about it. A thousand years is a 24 hours to God. A thousand years. How many generations? of your family have lived and died. 
in a thousand years. And God can accommodate all of you in 24 hours. All your story will be like somebody asking you, so how was your day yesterday? <laughs> That's why you educate yourself by the word of God. But listen to this. For light affliction, which is but for a moment, work it for us. A far more exceed. That's how you describe something when you run out of adjectives. Then you go superlative on it. A far more exceed. And eternal weight of glory. An eternal weight of glory. So everything we go through is supposed to produce glory. We never learned that. If you really believe that, then how could you be murmuring? You won't be murmuring. You'll be thinking, wow, this bought some glory for me. One day I'll see what I get out of this. Hallelujah. All right? But here's the mystery, since I don't have a whole lot of time to dwell in it, on it. Sorry. Now watch. He says that glory only accrues when you don't mind it. He said when you don't look at the things that are seen. When it's okay for you to go through it. He said, that's when glory accrues. But if you're mad that you're going through it, you're coming out empty-handed. If you're murmuring and complaining, you're coming out empty-handed. If we understood it, we'll all be rushing to take the wrong. He said, why we look not at the things which are seen? Meaning, you don't mind what it is you're going through. You're not focusing on it. If you focus on it, you won't get any glory out of it. He said, you should be looking at the things which are not seen. Who had ever heard of that? Then what would you be looking at? How could you look at things? which are not seen. That tells you it's not physical. Because if it's not seen, then these eyes are useless. So he's telling you that you should focus your spirit on what God has promised, on what God is doing, on the faithfulness of God. Hallelujah. He says, I believe it's Colossians 3 that says, if you then be reasoned with Christ, seek those things where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. So, spiritual development is developing these two visions. One is natural, the other is spiritual. 
Whenever you lose sight of the spiritual, you give up hope. You throw in the towel, you quit things. But you should purpose, as you're learning these things, as we are fasting, that anything you go through must accrue glory to you. Amen. No experience wasted. Amen. No pain wasted. No disappointment wasted. No rejection wasted. You're going to mind this thing. Hallelujah. Your experience or your experiences is a glory mine. These light afflictions, which is but a moment, work it for you. They're far exceeding an eternal weight of glory. While you look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal. But the things which are not seen are eternal. So, it is very consistent with the things he's been teaching us during this fast. Two visions. One is natural. One is spiritual. So, how does God do this? When you start seeking him and ministering to him, he begins to feed your spirit man with what he has for you. It is not seen physically, but it's seen by your heart. So then when the enemy is warring against you, you remember what you saw. Then you hold on. Old folks told us to hold on but they didn't tell us what to hold on to. <laughs> but now you're learning what to hold on to. And then the other one, this one says, hold on. Then the other one tells you, let go. <laughs> hold on, let go. Hold on. You say, which one is it? It's both of them. You hold on to God-given visions, then you let go of all your shenanigans. Your murmurings, your complaining, your control freak self. Hmm? All the stress. Let go is cast all your care on him. For he cares for you. Amen. It is my journey through the wilderness of my life that has produced these covenants that have brought tremendous blessing and victory in our lives and in this ministry. That's why I keep telling you, it's my pain that's blessing you. Amen. So he says it's a covenant of love. So the first thing we must learn is how to speak the truth in love. You need to tell people the truth and stop lying. Amen. Tell your family the truth. Amen. Tell your friends the truth. Amen. Otherwise, you hate them. 
Somebody said truth hurts. It's supposed to. Have you ever had surgery that didn't hurt? <laughs> Even when they're doing it, they give you anesthesia. And then when you recover, hello, pain. <laughs> but then when it heals, you're a free man. Yeah. Then the thing will not kill you. But that's not what we, we, we generally do. We let the thing fester and kill your relative or kill you, even yourself. Yeah. And then you come and start crying. I don't know how this happened. You're lying. You know how it happened. You kept refusing to hear what the Holy Spirit was telling you. You were stubborn. And you kept going until you ran out of time. But there's a, a mystery even stronger than what I'm saying. He says, when you speak the truth in love, you start growing. Amen. Look at it. Ephesians 4, 15. But speaking the truth in love may grow up into him in in all things, from whom the whole body fitly joined together and compacted by that which every joint supplies, according to the effectual working and the measure of every part, make it increase of the body unto the edifying of itself in love. First of all, we have all spoken the truth in hate or in anger. Wisdom is the wise use of knowledge. Bible says that wisdom in the mouth of a fool is not equal. And in our generation particularly, where people are toddlers and light, you know, Bible says light and treacherous feet. What happened? Anytime you find something, you don't even know what you're talking about. You just start gossiping. You don't even pay attention that God says such a person becomes an abomination to him. So, he says, okay, let me do it this way. So, what I have learned to do is, if I know that I'm upset about something, and I'm going to tell you about it, I will not say a word until I'm no longer upset. Because when you say something when you're upset, you're going to blow up. Come on, raise both hands. Amen and amen and amen. <laughs> you know I'm telling you the truth. So you cannot speak the truth in love when you're upset. You're going to speak the truth in anger. Even if, if at all it is the truth. Because many times it's not the truth. It's your judgment. Amen. But he says, 
speaking the truth in love, may grow up into him, even Christ. Now, this are what we call pastoral scriptures. When a church understands this, we all change. He says, we will all be able to grow into the Lord Jesus. Amen. And that every single person in here, doesn't matter who you are, doesn't matter how young you are, he says everybody is supposed to supply something to make the church grow. To make the individual within the body grow. But watch. He says that there is a perfect measure of every part. It's not only that everybody should supply it. But that there's a perfect measure. That God expects you to bring into the resurrection experience. So that the thing grows. Without it, it wouldn't grow. You're serving nowhere. You're ministering to no one. You're busy talking, complaining, gossiping. See? But everything, the Bible says we will be judged by it. We're taking an open book test. Okay? You just said you didn't understand what I said. When we get to the judgment seat of Christ, they will open this Bible and begin to read it and telling you all the things that he said that you ignored. He said, this is what we're going to be judged by. It's not like our judgment is some spooky thing that when you get in the presence of God, they pull out something. No, it will be the Bible. That's one of the things I celebrate. There ain't no other book going up there. <laughs> this is Jesus. Beloved, I'm so excited about this message. It gives us opportunity to bring you into the secret of the Resurrection House for All Nations breakthrough. When you consider what the Lord our God has done through this ministry all around the world, and compare it to our size, you know that there is something supernatural of God greater than what any man can do on his own strength. That's the mystery of the covenant, that God makes a promise, and there is always a wilderness attached to that promise. And as you traverse through that wilderness, that's when God reveals the secret of the grace he has given to you. I dare say that many of you leaders have received ministries legitimately from God, yet you are frustrated, yet you don't know how to release the power, the full potential of what God has done for you. And in America, the only way people know to get ahead in ministry is to line themselves up with some great name. But you don't know that what God has done in you and for you is something so unique that Christianity in America needs. That's why I'm inviting you to the Conquest Conference to learn the secrets of the covenant. 
and how God moves in your life and in your leadership team to get his work done on the earth. Hallelujah. As I say repeatedly, for you spiritual leaders, all it will cost you is your pride. If you will humble yourself a little bit, you see that we have just a little grace, a tad, maybe more than you have currently. The Conquest Conference is designed to impart knowledge and understanding to help you develop in what God has given to you. And our friends, you know, Bishop Victor Ozasike from Kingdom Life Gospel Outreach in Potokot, Nigeria, to help me get this done. And Michael Malden, amen, the film producer. If you remember, for those of you that watch this broadcast, I did an interview with him, and it was so powerful. He is the producer of the super spreader, let us, the rise of let us worship, that is. Amen. It'll be a powerful time in the Lord. We don't have so many speakers because it's my opportunity to impart the grace that God has given to me. And I want to see it replicated in the lives of ministries in this city and around the state. And whoever can hear us, amen. The conference registration, you can do that at theconquest.rhfan.com. Amen. And um, one of the things that happened that is so unique with the Conquest Conference is the Ignite Youth Conference that tags along with it for the young people, 12 to 17. It's so powerful. And then we end it with this baptismal service. I don't care who you are. I don't care even if you've been baptized before. You have not experienced this kind of baptismal service. The video scrolling will show it to you. The way the glory of God moves. Many times people can't even get to the water and they fall out under God's power. <laughs> I said, man, if I wasn't the apostle doing this, I would join to get baptized. This last conference for 2022, I didn't touch anyone. The glory of God baptized them directly. Hmm, you need to experience this. Bring your church members, bring your team to experience the glory. <laughs> we, we've had two bishops come. <laughs> One guy kept saying, oh, no, I'm fine, I'm fine. And he could not stand up after he entered the water. And he kept trying to muscle his way through. <laughs> but he discovered, no, <laughs> this is not by might, nor by power. It's by the spirit of the Lord. He was carried out of the water, <laughs> bishop and all. <laughs> Glory to God. It will be a life-changing experience. So I'm so excited to invite you to Conquest Conference 2023, Vessels of Glory. Are you ready for God to transform you? I love the scripture that says, I will make you a new sharp threshing instrument. Having teeth, you will get more done with more grace. That's all the time I have. We love you. God bless you. Don't miss this conference this year. God will do something new. See you tomorrow. Bye-bye. The same.